Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks The Return Part 3. Full spoilers for the episode as always. Now obviously parts 3 and 4 both went up at the same time, part 4 is coming tomorrow, we're getting to that tomorrow. Um, partly because given how much time we spent on parts 1 and 2 together, it was just easier to do them individually. <laughs> Plus this way means Peter gets to watch them all twice still. It, it does, yes, because I did watch this one twice, and made, made, uh, basically the second viewing was the note run, as it were. Uh, and I, I do, not not to scare you into the length of what this might end up being, but I actually have almost as many notes as I did for the first two. I have not, I think I had nine pages for the first two combined, I have <laughs> six for this. Yeah, I had three full pages, I've got two and a half for, yeah. for this one. Maybe I'll just be more thorough. I don't know, but that's we're gonna we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about it. Uh, so yeah, uh, just a quick quick correction from last time. Uh, previously, on Twin Peaks reviews, if you will, um, basically at the end end of the last one, end of part two, we said that Ray was in the bar, or I said Ray was in the bar. Uh, no, that was that was bullshit. That wasn't him. It was a similar looking person because I went back and checked. Someone mentioned it, and I went back and I I looked at Ray in a scene earlier on. Then I looked at that scene at the end, and I went, okay, they're different people, but they're both skinny it, white it, dudes. It was amusing because I didn't think they were the same person as I watched it. But then, obviously, I was kind of ill at the time, as you can tell if you'd seen the review. And Peter had seen it twice, and he goes, oh, that was Ray. I was like. Yeah, I guess it did look like him. Do you know what the funniest thing was, though, is I didn't think that the first time I watched it. There was the second time I watched it that I went, oh, that's Ray. I think that's Ray. <laughs> uh, uh, we also didn't mention that there was, there was a guy serving in the bar that looked like Jacques. There was a new new, new Renault mm, yeah. in the play. Uh, we'll see see how he comes into it later. But um, Also worth mentioning, the the guy watching the glass box... Um, he wasn't never named in the episode, but his name was in the credits, if you happen to know who the actor was. His name is Sam. Yeah. And it's mentioned in this episode as well, admittedly. It is but, mentioned in this one, so but, that, yeah. that undermines anything where we were like, oh, they didn't tell us yeah. his name. But I, 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 someone said that before I watched the, the new one, so it, it was information at the time. Uh, just, Fair enough. Just not, just not so in anymore. the episode, just in the credits. Yeah. So, yeah, it just naturally never came up then. Uh, so... Yeah, episode three, part three. That's that's getting to. We 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 started right where we left off. Cooper's still falling through space. Yes, he's falling through space, and he eventually lands in a balcony. Uh, after seeing a sort of cloud of okay, pink. it's like a purpley pinky gas. Yeah, yeah, and then he lands in what I'm going to call the pink world because everything's pink. Uh, and when I say pink, everything's got a pink tint to it, uh, including yeah. the ocean. He looks out at the ocean, and it's like all pink and. It's, yeah, yeah. it's you know it's, it's proper uh, well I'm not going to say it's proper David Lynch because when he goes inside the room in a minute we're going to get to proper David Lynch right now it's it's just yeah, intriguingly just, different you look at it and go why this colour because it's like this purpley pink and you're like right this is kind of close to you know you know the red room it's kind of getting to like that sort of vibe in terms of colour well, it's, it's different I would say we're getting further away from the red room because we started in the red room well, yeah, yeah, I just mean in terms of colour palette, it's quite close. Oh, sure. I don't mean we're moving towards it. Yeah. Uh, but all right, so he goes, in the, he goes in the room, and this is where things... Like, this episode, this is, this is kind of why uh, I think a lot of people are saying it just feels like an 18-hour movie that's been split up, because it doesn't really seem to care about what feels like the start and the end of an episode. Outside of cutting to the bar to have a song at the end, it's very... Yeah. It just it cuts into it, and it doesn't even take any time to get weird, because... 
Cooper goes into this room. There's like one door on this balcony. He he's inside, and we have a woman, who, whose eyes are covered up with more skin. Yeah, it's it's kind of like she's just got no eyes. Well, I would agree with that if it wasn't for the fact that she has like eyebrows that are kind of just randomly there and a weird angle. Like it's almost mm. like the skin's covered over later at some point. Like she used to have eyes, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, but the more interesting part of this scene is that everything's very sort of alter story. It's almost like you're trying to play a video game and the the, the graphics card is struggling, right? But yeah. it's also going backwards. Like it'll it repeat, is, yes. it'll repeat little bits, and it's like, and then it'll skip forward as well. Yeah, every so often. Yeah, it's stuttering. It's sort of stuttering in time, and then it goes back and it goes forward, and it's it's going around. It's. But, but you do get these moments of clarity where even the color palette softens a little bit, yeah, and then everything is runs normally, just just for a little bit. And much like the red room, which again tells us that we're kind of we're maybe not quite in the black lodge anymore, but we're on the peripheral of it, perhaps, is because it's like that. In that, when Cooper speaks, we hear it normally. He just speaks. Yeah, it still sounds very distant, though. Distant, but they still make it out. It's still regular speak. You can understand it, yeah. It's just it sounds far away. Yeah. Um, whereas this woman tries to speak and she just makes like a noise. It's just, like it, she... it proper. It, it's like they've got the dialogue. They're just cutting it, though. Like at the start of every syllable. Yeah. It, it almost comes out like a... Uh, yeah. Uh, sort of, sort yeah. of noise. That's, that's what it kind of felt like. Um, so... De- de- details in this scene um, so there's a device in the wall which when I first saw it I couldn't I, I thought it was like a safe or something like that like it was hard to tell what it was it, upon closer inspection it's more like a circuit board that has yeah like a, it definitely looked electronic I thought yeah. uh, a, a safe same sort of thing to me as well like it was some sort of safe puzzle almost as the, as the lock yeah and it, also I want to know what the number 15 the number 15 was on it at this point at this point, yes. Yeah, I was paying attention. Don't, don't... No, no, no. I'm just. Yeah. But I wanted to mention the 15 is actually like etched into it. It's part of it. Like it's just like. Oh the yeah, rest yeah. Of it's the just like a nameplate. It's not. It's not like a screen that says 15. It's like a nameplate that's on it. That's actually sort of chiselled in. That says 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, during during this scene, this banging starts on the door. There's another door across because you know, it's a fireplace. It's like a couch and. Sort of homey, but obviously this weird stuttering that makes everything feel very nightmare fuel-esque. Kind of yeah. Lynch does really well. And obviously she's got no eyes. She does, but she seems friendly. She 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 is she is a guide of some kind, and then this this banging in the door starts. Because Cooper, once he hears the banging, which is very, you know, very scary, he looks up at the machine and you know that's thing in the wall, and he starts getting towards it, and the woman is like, No, you didn't like she's trying to stop him, she's trying to hold him back. You can't go. You cannot yeah. go there. To the point where he gets closer and she pushes him back and he eventually relents, but he is like fascinated by this device. Like he's ready to yeah. go. And obviously while this banging's happening, he tries to talk to her and she shushes him with you know, finger to the lips. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, almost as soon as the banging starts that she immediately's like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta keep quiet. Yeah. Don't want this to, to get us sort of thing. Something is not happy that he is here and not happy that if he gets to that machine, perhaps. Yeah, it's kinda of like stop drawing attention. Yes, but then, so then, because the band's getting louder, she leads him up a ladder, up the, out the back of the room, and, <laughs> goddamn Lynch, they open, they open the, you know, the, the hatch at the top, 
and the stuttering is not there anymore. We're, we're no stuttering. We're also yeah. in space. We're on a floating metal box in space. Not really yes. space because he can breathe and stuff, but that, that's fine because we're not really it's, in it's space. It's the same space he was falling through. Essentially, yeah. Uh, but again, it ties back into the whole cosmic nature, everything. You remember when uh, Briggs, and we'll get to Briggs in a minute, but Briggs uh, talking about messages coming from the stars and things like that and how, how in some way does the Lodge connect to space? Is it like, mm. you know, does it not care about space in the same way that we do in the real world? Like, Well, we know it doesn't care about time in the same exactly, way. Exactly. So why yeah. should it care about space? So maybe it encompasses, you know... Sure, there's, there's a space on Earth where there's like an entrance to it, but is there a space on every planet where there's an entrance to it? Yeah, kind of thing, and presumably in in, in space. Uh, so there's like sort of almost like bell shaped kind of thing at the top. It's not actually a bell, but that's what the kind of shape was. It, it's it's uh, I referred to it as a bell in my notes because yeah. I didn't know what else to call it. And the woman with no eyes goes round, and there's a switch, there's a big big lever, and yeah. she flips the switch, and. It like makes like an electrocution noise, and it seems to hurt her, but it also stops the banging. Whatever's banging is affected by this. Yes. And so is she. And then she falls into space, and vanishes. And vanishes. Uh, so I I, I want to analyze this a bit, but I want to wait until I've had the whole scene because I feel like it, once you have all the pieces, you can maybe start to make sense of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this is when Cooper looks down into space and he sees a giant floating head. It took me a second, but it is it's major bricks. It is, yes. And he says Blue Rose. Yeah. And Blue... It's funny, because I actually thought he was going to say Blue Book when he started his sentence, because uh, because of Project Blue Book from the, the 60s and stuff that he mentioned mm. in the show. Uh, but Blue Rose, if you remember, that was like Gordon Cole's... Like, he has these Blue Rose cases, and it was one of the signs that he had in Fire Walk With Me for the the agent. Yeah, uh, it was It was the supernatural cases, basically. Yeah. Um, so Cooper, after seeing this, he goes down into the back into the room, but the thing the room's changed. It's a different colour palette. Just while we're on the top mm-hmm. of the room, that bit as he's climbing down, I noticed in the the bell as he's climbing down, mm-hmm. there's these dints in it, and yeah. it kind of lo- looks like a face. I don't know if you noticed that. I noticed the dints. I didn't notice. It like a no, there's face. there's two for an eyes and then one for a mouth. Oh, interesting. Okay. I was like, hmm, is is the bell watching? But he goes back down into the room, and things have changed. The uh, the, the colour palette's changed. There's a blue rose on the table. Which I only yes. noticed in the second time, but there's a blue rose on the table. Um, and there is more of a sort of blue, and the couch is blue now. Uh, it's playing in real time, like the stuttering's gone. It's gone, yeah. And there's a, another woman there, a, a regular woman, and it's not even the, it's not the same woman with eyes because the other woman was Asian. This woman's a white woman with sort of a short bobbed. Both both hair. dressed in red though. Both dressed in red, um, and she. She she now this is where it becomes more like the the Black Lodge because when she speaks it's exactly like the Black Lodge where it's you know it's the recorded backwards played forward sounds creepy, all that kind of thing. Um, so she looks at her watch, and it says two fifty three, which in and of itself doesn't mean much. It means a bit more in a minute. Yeah. Um, but she looks at her watch. She's like, okay, it's time. The device in the wall with the number, you know, we, we, we're, it's not actually a safe, but we're calling it the safe because it kind of has like a circle in the middle and it's got that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the number on that's changed to a three. I also noticed, whereas before the 15 lightsaber was like etched into it, it was like carved mm. into it, this three almost looks like someone's just stuck a sticker, stuck a label over the top. Mm. Like it's, it's like a white piece of paper almost that's stuck over the top that says three on it. Like you'd get on a, like a door sign in a hotel or something. Hmm. Well, it's interesting you use that. Too. I know, there, yeah. <laughs> so there is a reason I use that. It's interesting you specifically use that as, a, as an example. Uh, so the woman says, when you get there, you will already be there. Yes. 
which is obviously the most interesting thing she says, other than the fact that she also the banging starts again. As, as he gets close to the, the device again, the bang starts again. And she says, you have to hurry. My mother is coming. Mm. Mother. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, but it's also during this, as, as he starts to go towards the device, we actually cut outside this. We cut to a doppelkoop in the car, uh, driving along the road that we've seen him in from the last episode. Uh, and, you know, we, we see, like, the, uh, I think it's the lighter in the car. The, the, you you yeah, hear yeah. this buzzing coming from it, like, and the same buzzing's happening in the thing, and it's like, oh, is, is this him, like, going to escape? Like, is maybe what I'm thinking at, at this point. It, it makes a point of showing us the time on the, the dashboard Which clock. Which is this, yeah, 253. Yeah, same as the, same as the women's watch. Uh, makes sense. And then Doppelkoop sees a red curtain in, mm. you know, in front of him. Like, he crashes the car. Yeah, he's kind of... His vision's going all fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, he looks like he's going to pass out. And then, like I say, he sees a red curtain and the car crashes. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's actually after the car crashes, the red curtain appears. And he's sort of like, he's sitting there all disoriented as this is going on. And the bang's starting. And the woman's like, no, you need to go quick. Which is the complete opposite of the other woman. This woman's like, no, 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 you need to go now. Quick. Well, well you've got a chance. Yeah. Um, and I think it's interesting. So... I think my reading of this whole scene, because this is the first, like, 20 minutes, is this big sort of falling through space, purple world, uh, room with stuttering, outside in space, back in the room, this whole thing. It's like a good 15, 20 minutes. There's so little dialogue in this whole opening section. Oh, there section. is, yeah. Yeah, there's so much of the episode takes place before we get to dialogue. Um, now, obviously, what we get... I mean, I feel like I want to keep going and talk about Dougie, because it kind of ties into that as well. But So, I feel like... Because Laura said, and they actually make a point of pointing this out as well, because Laura said in the last episode, you, you can go now, right? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, and then we find out Dougie, who, and we'll talk about this more when we, we get to his scenes, but he is, like, manufactured as, because the arm also said, actually, that's one of the other corrections that I forgot to mention, is in Firewalk with me, it's actually the man from the other place, the little guy, who refers to himself as the arm. So this is an evolution of him, the, the, the you know. Oh, okay. Uh, specifically but then it makes me wonder was he the cut off arm to begin with yeah yeah possible no, it, it is, it's be. still possible per- perfectly possible but so the, the way i the way i see this is that forces in the lodge maybe, maybe the white lodge maybe good people in the black lodge want want him to get out and deal with deal with bob they want him to do that so they're trying to get him out but there's obviously forces in the black lodge that think this is breaking the rules the mother, yeah. if you will. And I think the mother's not happy that they're cheating. And that's essentially what they've done here, is they're cheating to get him out. Now, obviously, it's not all hunky-dory and perfect, because once we see that once Cooper does get out, he, he doesn't have his memory, he's disorientated, he's, you know, completely... Yeah, know, he just repeats what people said. Like, he's just, he's not there. Like, you know, wakey-wakey. Yeah, yeah. Coop, but his body's there, but his mind's not. Yeah, and I, I wonder if, you know, there'll be, like, a trigger moment at some point when, like, you know, we just see him smile and the thumb comes up and he's like... It'll be when he's given a cup of coffee, <laughs> and maybe a donut, some cherry pie. Maybe that'll snap him out of it. But like, so I mean, so the woman with no eyes and the sort of sacrifice of dealing with trying to get the mother away. Like, I don't know how to specifically read that. No, I, I assume she's another daughter, in the sense that you yeah. know the, the second one we get is is a. She is a daughter of this thing. Um, obviously, they're both wearing red. They both have similar roles where they guard this room. Well, I say guard. They live in this yeah. room. This is why I sort of see this as being on the edge of the lodge kind of thing. 
Yeah. Like they've travelled them out to the the brink of it, and then like they forced their way out. Like you know, they've got this, which turns out to be the outlet. Like like you know, it comes out the outlet on the other side. They're using electromagnetics and stuff and to yeah. <laughs> to transport yeah. through, uh, which leads to some sort of almost silly looking sort of imagery of Cooper being sucked through this this hole and then his shoes just dropping and that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, but I think one thing that I do want to uh, point out here is uh, the the face of Briggs saying blue rose now admittedly he i don't believe he ever said blue rose back in the day but i'm wondering if the whole idea that they're monitoring for signals you know in, in the original show like was there also things being sent out is the reason why his face is appearing here is because it's almost like an echo of like a message that went out at mm. some point back then oh, that's, that's not a bad show uh it was just like that was my thought process with it but um i got that but the, the whole idea of the the daughters, they, they seem to be on Cooper's side at the very least, both of them. The first one protects him and says, not right now. And then the second one makes sure he gets out in time. Like they both seem to be on the side yes. of him getting out and bringing Bob back. And it's, it's interesting because it makes me think that this mother character, uh, like, is this the leader of the Lodge? You know, is this, for lack of a better word, Satan? Or is it an enforcer of the Lodge that's there to keep keep order? Like, And if so, yeah. what what is the mother? It, yeah, that is a good question. I think it's interesting they call it mother because I don't know if that means literally, like, oh, this is their mother, as far as they're concerned, or, or is it, yeah, uh, more, uh, you know, is there a mother and a father of of the lodge, mm. and like they're, they're the heads, or maybe the father is the head of the white lodge. Possibly, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. But clearly, it seems like Laura's in on it. Like, that's why Laura said to him last episode, like, you can go now. It feels yeah. like the, the motions are in place for this. And uh, yeah, so he he goes through the soccer, but it's obviously as this is going down, we're introduced to uh, to Dougie, who is yes. also played by Kill McLachlan, <laughs> and he wakes up. He's with a prostitute uh, named I, Jade. I think it's also interesting. This actually cuts away from Doppelcoop while yeah. he's you know he's kind of struggling to breathe after this car's well, crashed. Yeah, getting... I I read that specifically as he knows that Cooper's trying to get out and he's making sure he doesn't go in. Like he he's stopping it from ha- he's he's stopping the yeah. swap from happening with him. Yeah, yeah. I just it was the yeah. way it cut from him struggling to breathe to Dougie, and then it cuts back again at a, a certain key moment, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, D- Dougie. So Dougie's with a prostitute named Jade, and they've just finished their, their, their deal. They're they're in like a, a new house that's not been sold yet. They're in like a sort of real estate sort of development area, and she goes to shower, and he's left and he's on. Now, a couple of key points, of course. He's wearing the ring from Firewalk with Me, the green yes. ring. Yeah. And so obviously I know it's that. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, he also mentions that his arm is dead. He can't move his arm. Something's weird there. And I'm like, and huh. <laughs> I, I am obviously mine immediately goes to the one arm man. I was wondering, is he a, is he a vessel for him for some for some reason? Obviously, I mean, a following scene kind of shoots that in the. It did, but at that bit, point, yeah. I was like, okay, is he acting as his vessel? Yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> it's it's hard to say. So. Yeah. Now he, he he obviously he starts to like crawl. He starts to overcome with like pain and disorientation, and he eventually vomits. Uh, actually, if I have one complaint about the episode to be critical, it's that I do think the uh, Doppelcoop, who also vomits around this same time, uh, his vomit is so over the top and silly that it felt a bit goofy to me. I get that, but I, I thought it wasn't just it was over the top. It was like filled with this. Like, it was black. And yellow, and yeah. yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's yellow as well, but there was like all this black in it, and it was the idea that no, this is coming. This is like almost like poison. Whatever's going on, this is literally killing him. Mm. 
Yeah, no. So that that's why that. I, I, didn't, I didn't say it felt that goofy for me. Yeah, it was just that one moment. It was just as he was holding it in, it was all puking. I was like, okay, this is just a little bit in the silly. Whereas normally when Lynch is doing his stuff, it's more like, oh man, this is intriguing. This is mysterious. Yeah, or yeah, it's, it's this or it's that. And, uh, that one moment just stood out to me. It's been a little bit goofy. But um, so no, the red curtain appears in front of him as well. And yes. he, he, uh, he vanishes and he appears in the lodge. He's in the seat and he looks up and the one-armed man is standing there looking at him. And he says... Someone manufactured you for a purpose, but now I think that's been fulfilled. And you get the sense that the forces in the Black Lodge, the good forces that want Cooper to deal with this, made a doppelganger of their own so that Cooper could swap with him. Now, I've got a feeling it's only temporary, like it's not permanent. It's interesting, because I was thinking of, a, of another possibility. Mm-hmm. The other possibility that this was Bob had manufactured him, and it was oh, the right. idea that he'll go in his place. That's why he was still sick, because ah, he was yeah. linked to this this Dougie, and it was the idea that, oh, it, they're still trying to take him, but this this was his plan, where send him instead, and he gets to stay. I like it. No, that's not bad. And and that's why R. Cooper still comes back, because the, blo- the, the lodge, the whole thing was, you can go when the other one comes back. But one has come back, so one gets to go. Yeah, I think you could look at it both ways. I think I think right oh, now, can, yeah. I, th- I think right now there's not enough to say which one of us had the right idea, but I think both work. They do, they do, which is uh, you know always great when that's a, yeah. a possibility, isn't it? Uh, the reason why my mind went there because I, I really felt like these you know the, the daughters, if we're going to call them that, yeah. were trying to help Cooper get out. Laura was trying to help him get out. Every, everyone seemed to be trying to help him get out, so they no, could, I agree they with could fix this. Um, but that, which is why, I w- and the other reason why my mind went there is because what ones. Uh, Dougie's in the chair. He like, turns to black smoke. His arm shrinks, and the ring falls off. And then he, like, I mean, even a uh, one-armed man has to shield his eyes when this flash of light happens. When he's like turning yeah. into this gold ball. And then I thought the gold ball looked very similar in material to the gold of the ring, which may not mean anything, but like I'm looking for clues. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. There was a few things, obviously, um, for me. In to add, add credence to your idea, perhaps yeah. when when Cooper comes out the outlet, he it, it's kind of this black smoke that comes out first. That's very similar mm. to you know the effect that we had of his head. Yeah. So Cooper's there. He's in his suit. He's in his own clothes, but his shoes have been left behind. Yep. Amusingly, uh, Jade comes out and she's uh, like, "Whoa, this is weird. What's happening? Were you wearing a wig? Did you get a haircut?" You got a suit? What, what's happened here? I like how she barely questions it, though, really. Like, she's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think she's just wanting to, like, you know, get her John out here. Because, obviously, it seems like she's got the, the, the access to the house. Like, she knows someone who's given her keys or whatever. Mm. Uh, and she's, like, rushing him out. And we get this whole, like, this whole beat-for-beat thing that plays out where he, like, he, he comes out without his shoes and she has to go and get his shoes. And then he falls her in and he, she, he falls her back out and she has to physically put the shoes on because he, he's not... He's not quite all there. Mm. But yeah, so... Hold on, I might have two in my notes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, um, so we got his shoes. So she finds something in his pocket. She's looking for his keys for his car. Uh, his yep. wallet, and she finds the his key, his room key for the Great Northern, which I thought was fun. But obviously more notable is the number on that room key. Yes, 315. 315, of course, the combination of the two numbers we had on the... On the vault, and it, it makes me. I say vault. <laughs> I'm calling it a vault because I don't know yeah, what to call it. I think that. this is something that you know. Anyone listening, we're just gonna just call it this, and you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It, we don't necessarily mean it is that. Yeah. The the other side of the outlet, I guess. Um. 
But no, that was really exciting. I need to still get his key in his pocket from all like all these years ago. The the key for the hotel room still in there. Uh, but it's it's fascinating. So, um, but yeah. So as they're leaving, uh, a pair of assassins show up. Uh, one sort of in the outskirts of this little like housing estate, and the other ones like shows up to the house, and he, they're there to kill uh, Dougie. And it makes me wonder like what's Dougie been up to before he's been here. Uh, has Doppelcoop been using him for something? If he, if he is a creation of Doppelcoop rather than rather than you know the people from the lodge, I, yeah. I don't know. But like they want to kill him, and it's just it's just fate almost that he like ducks down as they're leaving. I, I did almost wonder in terms of the assassins. Obviously, we know there was the hit on Doppelcoop from last episode. Yes, I wonder if maybe they just thought it was him. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they might do. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, just, just as a possibility for that. Yeah, no, I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, also, really important little note here. As they're leaving the street, we see the street sign. The street they're Sycamore on. Sycamore Street. Sycamore Street. And of course, the entrance to the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks is surrounded by sycamore trees. Yes. And I again, I feel like if we're going with the whole this is a loophole, like, is that also part of the loophole? Like, oh, it's Sycamore Street. Like, there's, there, you know, he's surrounded by sycamore yeah, and it's it's like that's part of the rules for the entrance almost. Yeah, like it can have an entrance anywhere, but it's it's gonna be the sycamores that are the key. Because obviously there was the song that was about the sycamores as well. Yeah, uh, it's just all adding up to a loophole for me. Like that's like no, I agree. It's just yeah. whose loophole is it? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but yeah, you know, certainly point, pointed that out. So uh, also. We have a sort of random thing here. So we see the uh, assassins like uh, tag uh, Dougie's car, uh, and they're in Nevada because all the license plates are Nevada. Um, and obviously he goes to a casino later, so I mean, obviously it makes sense that they're maybe in Vegas, um, and there's desert and whatnot. But uh, we cut to this neighbor across the street, uh, who I'm I'm referring to as the junkie, uh, because she looks like a junkie, and she's got a son who's sort of eating and staring at the window and watching from afar. And the only thing she says is she keeps saying, she says it a few times, the number, she shouts out sort of slowly, 119. Yeah. Now, it's going to start to be hard to keep all track of all these numbers. Because we're starting at 430 from the start of the first one, remember. 430, we've now got 15, 3, 315. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the 315 might be a closed loop. We might have already wrapped We up. might have done, yeah. but you can't be too sure. Yeah, but 119, I. I Part of me wonders, obviously, there's the whole thing with, uh, especially with the lodges, things play backwards. But, you know, they're not quite backwards. Ah, 911. Yeah, maybe maybe it's mm. like emergency, he's out. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. In fact, if, if we're going with your idea that uh, Doppelcoop set him up to take his place so that he wouldn't have to go back, like, is that who this warning's for? Is it 911 to Doppelcoop? Mm. That's possible. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Highway Patrol come by and they find Doppelcoop in his car uh, and they notice the awful smell. And that, that's pretty much the scene. Obviously, it's more important later. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, that scene plays out there. Um, then we cut to Twin Peaks. We cut to Andy, Lucy, and Hawk and they're looking at all the Cooper files or everything related to that. Before look- we get to looking at the files, we have to get to with the, the greatest door sign of all time. Hawk hangs up a sign with a donut on it. It says donut, and then, well, it, it's a picture of a donut, and then underneath is disturb. It's just amazing. <laughs> donut disturb. Yes, very, very good, very good. Uh, so they're they're in the conference room and they're looking over 
all the, all the fires. They're looking for what's missing. So it's, it's a very sort of it's a comedy scene because they're, they're all sitting in silence and the they, every so often you know Hawks like we need to think of what's missing. If it's not here, then it's missing. And Andy's like, "This is everything that's here." He's like, yeah, "Let's yeah. sit down." And they're both already sitting. He's like, "Let me sit down." And it was a very funny scene. It plays out with a very sort of slow comic timing. That it does. There's some serious well. things. There, obviously, like Hawks says, "If it's not here, then how do we know it's missing?" And I think well, that's that could. I think that, no, it's sure. It, I think there's a point to it, but I still think it's pretty funny. It is funny as well. Yeah. But I think that maybe some of the there's some some hidden truths in in the comedy. <laughs> Even because he's like, all right, it's, it's my heritage. Something to do with my heritage. We'll find what it is. And then Lucy just turns around and goes, "Hawk, you're an Indian." Yes, like, Lucy. Yes, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, and then she starts panicking because she looks like this this box of chocolates, this these bunny chocolates, which were evidence part of part of the case. And she's like, "Oh, I know what it is. It was a, uh, it was one of these chocolate bunnies. I ate it. I ate it." And she's like, "It was a remedy. I heard that. Was that indigenous people? Hawk? Do your people use chocolate as a remedy for gas?" The best uh, part for me was when she says, do, "Do they have anything to do with your heritage?" And he legitimately sits there and thinks, thinks about, about it for it, yeah. a good, you know, seven or eight seconds. He thinks really hard, and he's like, "No, I don't think so." Do bunnies? He's, he's, do, he's do properly bunnies, serious. Do bunnies and or chocolate have have anything to do with Native Americans? And then, then he then he's like, because Andy keeps talking about the bunnies, and he's like, "It's not about the bunnies." And then there's like a moment Ooh. of silence, and he's like, "Is, is it, it about the bunny?" And then another little moment, it's like. No, no, it's not about the bunny. It's not about the bunny. The fact is, I think if I was the one cutting that scene, right, I'd have cut it after. Is it about the bunny? I feel like that's the comedy line to like cut it on. But Lynch is like, no, no, we're going for another. We're going for yeah, another yeah. round. I'm, I'm going another one out of this. Because <laughs> uh, Hawk's such a serious guy compared to Andy that him sitting there going, "Is it about the bunny?" <laughs> is it really funny? I think so. I do think it's made funnier by the fact that you then have him seriously contemplating it, going, "Yeah, no, it's not, it's not no, about it's the not bunny." About... Then again. This is Twin Peaks. It wouldn't shock me if it does turn out to be the bunny. <laughs> the bunny is everything. All right, other scene in Twin Peaks, we go back to Jacoby, who's uh, got his shovel. He's got five shovels, and he's painting them. It's a very slow scene of him just slowly spray-painting his shovels gold. He's got five shovels. He's got a really... Do you know what? He's got a really specific apparatus just to paint these shovels, where he, he's got two pedals. They're, they're almost like makeshift guitar pedals that he's modified to yeah. work, work with this, and it turns them around, and he's... I don't know why, why he needs five gold shovels. You know, people tell us, is there symbolism with five gold shovels? I mean, I, I thought it was interesting there were gold, is it? Because obviously we had the, the gold ball. Gold ball, gold ring. Even the table that uh, the one our man puts it on is a big gold like seashell. It's a gold ornate thing, yeah, but then you yeah. have like, the, the black marble on the top. They, that, that's, it's kind of like an altar almost. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I love about that? Actually, this is just a, a weird thing to talk about but I love that he puts the he puts the ring in the middle of the table and it's perfectly in the middle of the frame and I just wonder how many takes it took to just because it's a, you know it's a depth, shallow depth of field shot he has to be pretty accurate with that, that ring going down and I just wonder how many takes it took to I mean there's definitely a little marker there you think? yeah yeah I don't know I couldn't see any I was looking for it especially in the second view and I was like how, how did he nail that mark? I mean I'm convinced that there was a marker there you know, it was a little green marker they CG'd out. Like, Quite to... possibly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, you've got to save time sometimes. So yeah, that was pretty much it. He's, paint, he's painting his gold shovels. Uh, I'm sure there's something there. Maybe that'll become more relevant uh, as time goes on. Well, yeah, because obviously we got... That's that's twice now we've cut to him with these shovels. There, there, there's going to be something important. Why five? 
who are the five for? Hmm. And why, why does he know about this? If this is relating to the overall mystery of what's going on, how does he know about it? Yeah, how is he involved? And if it's not related to the overall mystery, then how does it come into play? Yeah, because it has so. to. Every, I think like, that, that's something we've kind of mentioned in the first two. Everything this time feels so tight and focused and relevant that mm. I, I, I can't think that anything's just there to be quirky anymore. Like I feel like everything's going to play in somehow, unless it's a red herring. Chocolate bunny. Okay, but that's its own little quirky comedy scene. But this is something we've cut to multiple times. No, oh, no, obviously, I'm just cracking the joke. Obviously, the chocolate bunny thing, it's about them looking for what they're actually looking for. The chocolate bunny is just them having a thought process. Yeah. That said, though, chocolate bunny's coming back. Coming I back mean, style. We all we need now is chocolate bunnies on a donut. <laughs> Aye. The donuts are the key. Do you know That's what? what's missing. Do you know what the thing is, though? They're in the box. We never actually got to see the donuts. Lynch has been a cock tease with those donuts. He knows we're waiting for that, that shot of he all the donuts. He does know we're waiting. It's going to be a glorious moment, isn't it? That He's saving them for Coop. That's what it feels like. It feels like we're saving a lot of those little things for when Cooper's kind of back to being Cooper. It really does feel like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so after this, we come back to... Uh, Cooper, he's in the car, she, Jade's dropping him off at the casino, and she tries to, she's like, alright, I, I see that you're kind of <laughs> messed up, here's five dollars, call for help, um, and then, you know, she says you can get out now, and that's when he sort of thinks back to, has a little memory of Laura saying the same thing, Yeah. Um, and then he has this thing where he's getting into the, the casino, and he's obviously moving very slow, he's kind of shuffling along, kind of unsure of himself, he gets stuck in the revol- revolving door, and I thought that was a really nice little touch of symbolism, Uh mm. The idea that he's stuck in the process of leaving. He's not quite here yet. He's in the middle of it. I, I thought it was interesting it's a revolving door as well, because obviously he, he's revolved between you know our world and the lodge, it's kind of, especially with the stuff that we oh, had yeah. at I the start of this one. I would go even one step further. I'd say that the revolving door works because one had to come in as he came out. So it's yeah. literally a revolving sort of Cooper, as it were. No, no, you're right. Uh, I think just simple little thing. I, I just like the awkwardness of the security guard who's in the front, just sort of looking back and going... Uh, does he need help and yeah. kind of thing? He waits really long though, doesn't he? Oh, he does. He, he, he can tell he's like, oh, he seems a bit weird. I don't really want to talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get that feeling on him. Um, so he's in a casino, and uh, I actually have less notes for this because it's pretty. He's up to the, up to the woman. He gets some change. Wants to call for help, and she thinks he wants to play a game. Uh, gives him gives him some quarters, and. Then and here's where I think again coming back to people in the Red Lodge want to help him or the yeah. Red Lodge sorry the Black Lodge you know why I said that Red Room. I, 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 I know why I said that yeah Red, Red Room Black Lodge um and you get the sense that they're guiding him and I don't know my inkling here is that they're guiding him because if if they make a commotion like if he starts winning all these slot machines people will find him and he'll get help because it'll become a thing it'll become where people are going to like. Oh, this is really mysterious that he yeah, yeah. Who is machines. this guy? And then they're going to they're going to make calls to the authorities, and that'll eventually lead to someone finding them that knows it's them. Possible. Yeah, obviously the the more direct route was maybe they didn't realize how fractured his mind was, mm. and they were like, "Look, you need you, you haven't got money. anything on you yeah. here." That that was just, the second thought. Yeah, that it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, literally he needs money. Let's just give him a really easy option yeah, to get lots of money. Just get him some money so we can get to Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't necessarily know that he needs to go there yet, so I'm, I'm curious to see how he the doesn't. Next... That, that's, yeah. that's why I don't know. Are they aware of how fractured his mind is, or are they like, like you say, it could be the mm. way that, that they know and they know he needs help, so that's why they're making yeah. sure that he does this. Yeah, they're making sure he gets found because eventually, 
you know, FBI or whoever are going to come to him because they're going to hear of him. They're going to yeah. hear of this incident somehow, uh, or it could just literally be the money. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, I'm more inclined to go with the first one just because it, 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 I feel like the money thing feels really. No, I agree. Simple, just, I guess. <laughs> I think I'd for me a little bit of it would work a little bit better if if it's you know not that if if they don't realize that his mind's broken because mm-hmm. it stops them being this all-knowing like they can see things physically and they know things but they can't know someone's mind they can't see into their mind and realize how broken he is i mean maybe they can see it now though maybe yeah yeah like if, if they are watching maybe they can see that all oh, right he needs help yeah, yeah. And, and, and acts that way um and if mother doesn't want this is father the one who's trying to help is there a struggle like, going on in the in the lodges right now? Try, well, one's trying to help him. I don't know. Um, but then, then I think like even the the person who runs the lodge, if they are evil or whatever, surely they want Bob back. They're pissed that Bob has got out somehow. It's interesting. We're we're assuming that someone does run the lodge and not like like this is someone is in charge. Of this rather than it just being something that exists. Well, I, I say run. I mean, I also said it could just be like an enforcer kind of idea. Yeah. Or so- someone else who cares about the lodge inside, like that. It could be those options. I think it's just. I think the obvious thing to jump to is like a leader or. No, no, I I agree. Th- that's where my mind went as well. But I just think it's yeah. interesting that we've both gone to that rather than, you know, we've we've given this thing organization, whereas it hasn't seemed to have had any up to this point. Yeah, obviously it's a very surreal organization, but I feel like there is at least some kind of structure in there. Hmm. Or even if it's just a case of one of the oldest like inhabitants becomes the like sort of black lodge yeah, person. Yeah. I don't know. Well, could be. Uh, maybe we'll get more hints of that as, as time goes on. Uh, obviously, some funny stuff here. So basically, he sees like a little red room portal above yeah. like a machine. He goes and plays it. He went to see someone else play a machine first. Again, the idea that he's copying other other actions. And the guy says hello as he wins. So every time Cooper, you know, pulls the pulls the pulls the arm, he's like. Hello, and uh, I've already seen that gift, by the way. Like the gift of him going "Hello" is already over the place. Of course it is. Yeah, but uh, so he does it once. It wins, and you know the alarm goes off. You know, to say that he's won, uh, yeah. and then he does it again. And this little old woman's like pissed at him and gives him the finger when when he tries to go to the machine near her, near her, next to her. Well, well I, it's not that he tries to go near it. He he points to it. Hmm. I'm not sure he's trying to because he never makes a move to walk towards it. Oh, okay, yes, yeah, I felt like maybe he was pointing at it, going, "Hey, try that one." Like he yeah. was giving her advice rather than. And she gives him the finger, and then when he wanders off after the, uh, like you know, the, the, the employee comes up and says, "Oh, you've won thousands of dollars and twenty-eight thousand four hundred. Just in case, I'm writing down numbers. Yeah, just in case it's important. Fair enough, twenty-eight thousand four hundred. <laughs> and he he wanders off, and she almost steals his money. She's going to go for it and then she notices the camera and she gives that the fingers as well. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you bastard, you caught me. Damn it. But then he plays another machine and the alarm goes off again and she's like, I'm trying this. And then she, she wins and she's all she's all happy. She's very happy. And yeah. I wonder if there's just like a simple like bit of symbolism here where Cooper's going to bring the good. Like, now that he's out, even if it's accidental, the forces of good are travelling with Cooper and this one, this first person's already benefited from it. Yeah, it's, it's is it a question of good or is it a question of almost luck? Like, is he controlling luck? Because uh, these slot machines are kind of luck to a degree. 
Yeah, they are. I, I almost took it again as like people from the Black Lodge like interfering. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, the, that's a question. Are they inf- are they making it so they're the ones on payout, or are some of these machi- machines actually on a payout? And he's like, go to, and they're going, just try this one. Yeah, are, are they aware? It feels like there's two men because at one point it looks across the room and you can see like you know a good dozen of them like have yeah, the yeah, yeah, and it feels like too many. So I feel like they're actually nudging things in the right direction, mm. if you will. Which is why I was concerned if it's like look fortune, like do they rather than influence effects directly, can they just make him lucky? I feel like they're just flat out telling them which ones to go to. I feel like that's less luck and more. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because it's not like he he almost wins a couple of them. It's like it's every time. At least every time we see, no yes. straight yeah. win. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so that, that, that's how I was looking at it. But yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where we end with Cooper, and that's, that's we're getting getting towards the end of the episode now. And we cut to the FBI. We cut to the FBI uh, offices, and we're introduced to um, obviously Gordon's there. Um, yeah. Albert's there. Uh, obviously, bittersweet to see Albert because uh, Miguel Ferrer died uh, recently. Yeah, I, I learned the same from the. You know, obviously we have the the in memory of at the end of the credits. Did mm-hmm. you catch who it was this time? I actually didn't. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, we had um, guy played uh, Briggs. Oh, Major Briggs. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But yeah. I, I didn't realize he'd died. I hadn't actually either, uh, but I did notice. I had IMDb up. I always have IMDb up on the page for the, the episode, just as just in case I need a name and I forget it. Yeah. And uh, I noticed it said archive footage next because obviously we see his face in the yeah, yeah. in space. Uh, it's nice that they sort of snuck him in though in that way. So e- even the ones who have passed on, they'll, they'll be on. Like they're they're still way. part of this legacy because we got that clip of Bob in the first episode from the old show as well. Uh, yeah. And just this idea that they're still part of the family. Although I've got a funny feeling Don is not going to be mentioned in any way, shape, or form. But we'll see. We'll see about that. Maybe, do, maybe, maybe when we get to Ben. Yeah. Uh, we also have FBI agent Tammy. I actually had her written further down because she actually doesn't get her name until... Because like, we start off with another case before she yeah, yeah. comes into it. But So the case we start off with, which I'm sure is going to be relevant somehow. Yeah, I, I was like, is this important or is this just saying... Oh, a weird like, extra thing. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this just going, no, look, they're busy with other things. Or is it, no, this is going to be important. We get a lot of details, though, for us to just be... We do, don't we? So, right, so a man apparently has murdered his wife, but he says that he knows who did it. It definitely wasn't him. He claims his innocence, but he can't tell them who had done it because that's a, mas- a matter of national security. It does sound like this, this man is a, a congressman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote that down somewhere else, actually, uh, as it became clear. Because yeah. they mentioned that, I think, at the end of the, the scene. Because obviously I was writing things down as they were saying it, and then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it tied back in at the end. Um, it also, it seems like this happened in Georgetown, because his home was in Georgetown. And he said he, they have clues. Basically, one of their agents got note that there was clues left in his garden, which pointed to the identity of the killer. Right? Yes. The clues are as follows. Two photographs of uh, of females uh, in bikinis. One is just a solo woman on her own. She's a blonde. The first one actually looks like it's... No, this is like a model. Whereas the second one looks like it's just... No, this is two women sunbathing. Yeah, the second one's t- t- two females uh, and they're smelling at the camera. But that's another point. There's another photo of a little boy and it looks like a sort yep. of old-timey... It almost looks like a sort of kid from uh, World War Two. He's got like an old yeah, yeah. kind of scout uniform on. It may not actually be from that time period, but that was the kind of outfit that he had on. Um, a pair of pliers... Um, 
what the hell's that? Oh, SMG, a, a gun. There's yeah, a, yeah, the gun gun. Had a, with a silencer, I believe. My, my M had an extra curve, and I was like, what? It's all right, I was wondering what, because what I wrote them down in order, and I was like, what the yeah. hell is that second one? I got P, and I don't know what I put after that, but it was <laughs> pliers. pliers. Yeah, and then there's a jar of pebbles. Like, yeah, white little white pebbles. Well, pebbles. Because for a second I was like, is that a candy or something? Like, but yeah, no, I was like, pebbles. is it candy? Marbles? Yeah. But no, no, I think they're little white pebbles. Little white yeah. pebbles. Don't ask us to decipher these clues. I have no idea what they mean. Um, the gun is the one that is is the I, most obvious. So um, the one that that's the one I discount first. And a murder weapon, or yeah, or it's nothing. Um, I, I, and if I was going to try and somehow read it. The, the man was tempted by an attractive woman and it cut into his life, hence the pliers, and his... Actually, the woman in his life would be his daughters, maybe, uh, made him think back to his past, so it's like an old childhood friend who's grown up and entered his... I don't know. <laughs> I was wondering, maybe the, the sunbathing women... Because that was a, just a, a regular picture. Maybe one of those was his wife. Or daughter. Or daughter. We don't know his age, so I mean... I'm well, just... yeah, yeah, we don't, which is why I was going, right, maybe that maybe one of those is his wife. And, and con- then... congressman makes me think older, I guess, so I'm thinking daughter. Yeah, okay. And then I was going, right, is the model, like, is this who is cheating on them with? Because... Temptation. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, obviously, he's Actually, in a position of power. Okay, if we're going down this path, if we're going down this path to try to analyse this, and we're thinking, okay, he was tempted by another woman, this model. Uh, even if it wasn't the model in the photograph, even if it just represents that he was tempted by like you know an attractive woman um does this somehow relate or at least thematically link back to cooper and uh linda merrill and his wife and how cooper fell for his wife and then the idea that the linda merrill character is the one who killed the the wife Mm. in this in this sense yeah okay interesting i don't know i'm just i mean i, I was thinking okay is, is the order they're showing me these in important but then I, i'm discounting that because they just found them in the garden this is the order they've happened to place them on the table yeah yeah it doesn't say that the man put them in this order it just yeah um obviously the pliers maybe like literally like so it was the model then pliers and then the the sunbathing women so i was like right so is the model pulling him away from ah, these, okay. this other yeah, woman that works i can't explain the pebbles though no, the pebbles where I get stuck. <laughs> so the model is pulling away from the women and the children, the child. Oh, wait, so he's and the pulling gun. them away what? from his family. The gun. The, yeah. the, that's, the, the first part is put his wife in the lane of fire. Yeah. Uh, the pebbles. I don't know the significance of the pebbles. That's, that's where it throws me. I can't, I can't get but, that one. But maybe we'll get that later. Maybe, maybe we'll get more clues and we can... I feel like we've probably spent far too long on this, which is going to be completely irrelevant. <laughs> All the pieces matter. All the they pieces do. matter. All right, so then most of the, the team leave the room and we're introduced to Agent Tammy. And yes. Tammy, uh, I actually, I, I recognised her and I looked her up just to see if I knew her from anything. It turns out I didn't, uh, but she's a musician who's worked with David Lynch because David Lynch does a lot of music stuff now and uh, she's a singer who's worked with him recently, so he gave it a part. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of trivia for you, more than anything in the, in the show. Uh, but she basically goes over the, the stuff we see in episode one with the last box and the, the victims. Uh, talk about finding the bodies, how there's no fingerprints. They have some of the footage from the cameras. Uh, apparently, every so often, there'd be like a still frame of something. Like There, there would occasionally something be something recorded. Yeah. Uh, but just before they died, they got a glimpse of what we saw. Although she says that immediately after the camera sees it, it went away. Whereas, of course, we've seen... Yeah, It'd and she also says it was only caught on the one camera, not, not any of the others. I also want to point out, yeah, they're definitely both dead. 
Oh so yeah. That, anything I said about oh maybe that was her. Oh, yeah, because we time. we see uh, both their faces are completely missing. Like they're yeah yeah they're the top half, the top half of their heads are gone. Yeah. It's like right, it's definitely two of them there. Disregard anything I was speculating yeah. last time. Yeah, they're they're, they're dead. Uh, yeah. D e a d completely yeah. dead. Uh, look, I hadn't seen bodies at the time last in the last episode, so it was fair speculation. But yeah, no, they're dead. <laughs> I don't know. I think I argued with you because it, they looked like they were dying <laughs> pretty severely. They did look like they were dying, but I just just put it out there. Oh. Um, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, so she goes over the incident, uh, mentions that there's no evidence, but she talks about this, and obviously they, they see the thing, like you know, Gordon's like Jesus, and he's like just reacting as they do, and so the idea the FBI knows about this, they're aware of it, brings it back in for us, reminds us of it. I thought what was particularly interesting about this, though, was what they didn't see. Cooper. Because yes, exactly. So they saw this frame of this other thing later on in the day, but they never saw the but, Cooper uh, stuff. But again, the- they only saw one one glimpse of it, not the whole thing, and only in one camera, which makes me think, um, like when something comes in the box, like we can see it with our eyes if we're there. Right, because yeah. because it's we're there, but the idea that it's on like a certain visual frequency, that yeah, maybe it just doesn't it, record. The only one camera can get it from a specific angle because that's like where the lights like bending kind of thing. Yeah, that's where yeah, maybe that's up. why there's so many cameras in the room. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it seems to be whoever's looking for it knows that it can only be caught from, and it maybe never knows which one. It depends what it is and yeah. when it's coming, kind of thing. They they make a point of telling us even they don't know who owns this building and who's you know this this millionaire is. It's mysterious, yeah, and they can't find any of the guards. Like they're all missing. Yeah, which obviously we saw a little bit of. We saw the one, yeah, but we didn't. Yeah, like obviously I imagine there's maybe one down at the door as well, and maybe there's other guys who take shifts, but they're all missing. Like every yeah. single one of them, they say. So no. Very, very interesting. Uh, so yeah, so they get a they get a phone call, uh, and it, about Agent Cooper, which of course makes both of them go, "Oh shit! Come on, Albert, let's go." Uh, they go through his office. And I want to point out that Gordon Cole has a nuclear bomb detonation as has a big like a big painting of a nuclear bomb going off behind his desk. Yeah. Something about that amused me. I, <laughs> I don't know what. But it's it's it kind of a worrying symbolism, though, isn't it? Like, he he sits in front of the bomb, like you know he he's got his back to it. Maybe that's a sign of confidence. Like he's the last line of defense against the end of the world. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but maybe he just wouldn't hear it. Maybe, but I like the idea that like this case about this box comes to him because he's the one who's known for the blue rose cases. Yeah, kind yeah. Of idea. It's strange. It goes to him. Yeah, he's the he's the Mulder, if you will, of the FBI. Except he's respected and not seen as like a little <laughs> shit that should be in the basement. Um, yeah. So no, so obviously they get called the Cooper, and we hear them say, "Okay, we're going to South Dakota," which means it is Doppel Cooper they're going to because he was in Dakota. Yes, uh, and that's that's kind of the, the yeah that's the end of the episode because we we cut to the we cut to the bar and there's a song playing, but it's just it plays out for the credits. Yeah, I did think it was interesting that we cut to the bar again for the end song. I feel like oh. I may just do that every episode now until the ending. I'm thinking it might as well. Like that'll be instead of having a you know closing credits song, it'll just be. A, b- a band playing yeah. at the bar. And maybe sometimes there'll be a scene in the bar to lead into it, and sometimes in this case there wasn't. Yeah, yeah, we just got the you know the the reflection of the, the of the sign in the puddle. Yeah, I, I want uh, yeah reflections, other you, yeah. Know, yeah, you know, yeah, other sides of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can keep doing that all they want. It works really well. Uh, I, I I also think um, 
it's just a fun way. I imagine all the bands that are going to pop up are probably fans of the show. You have to assume so. Yeah, and it's just a fun way of like giving a lot of them cameos and just being like, and it's not intrusive because it is just over the credits, so it's not like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Sad. I, I enjoyed episode three. Obviously, it got even weirder than the uh, the last two. I will say this: I think every single episode so far has benefited from a second watch. Interesting. Because I feel like going through it a second time, knowing where the episode goes, I like I I put pieces together just a little bit more than uh, uh, it was I, I, w- I wish I had the time, but unfortunately, uh, obviously. I do not. Well, the reason why I have the time is because I watch it and then I'm waiting for you to watch it, so I'll just watch it again. <laughs> pretty much, pretty uh, much. Because otherwise, I wouldn't watch it twice, so I'd just go straight into it, but uh, there, there is this odd benefit of doing it this way. Um, yeah. So, no, that's episode three. We will have episode four tomorrow. Um, obviously there's some things that we couldn't speculate too much on like you know I, th- I feel like the, the mother daughters thing we tried to go somewhere with that but like I'm still fascinated I'm fascinated that like this place was stuttering like so extremely like it was so yeah. out of sync with reality but it then, was out of sync is the exact phrase yeah. I used and then you know then the, you know, the lever gets pulled and it stabilises it stabilises long enough for Cooper to get out I like the idea that maybe if Cooper tried to get out while it was all fractured that it wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't have went through properly. It would have messed him up. Because we see how fractured he is mind-wise when he gets out as it was. Yeah. What would it have been like you know, where his brain would just get fried in the way out? I feel like the the, uh, the shoes are quite symbolic as well. Like the idea that, oh, he left his shoes behind, but like maybe you know, kind of left his mind with them. <laughs> maybe. I don't uh, know. I feel, I feel like because obviously he, he walks a lot. And you gotta, you know, mm-hmm. that was the whole thing with, especially with Briggs, he went on the hikes and stuff into the forests. So, you know, maybe that maybe there is something there. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but no, I, I think it's uh, obviously weird imagery. First 20 minutes had almost no dialogue. It was just, it was just super concentrated, weird lynch. But everything had like something in there where you're like, okay, I'm looking for the meaning. There, there's something. You know, the man thinks his shit through, and it clearly yeah. all of it's there. So, uh, I am looking forward to more clues, piecing some of this stuff together. Um, obviously, we didn't get any of like some of the other characters we got in the first two. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't see James, we didn't see Shelley, and so on. Uh, I imagine we'll get some of those in four, just because obviously these are airing as a double. Yeah. So I imagine that they kind of Possibly. pair up nicely in that sense. Again, go- going back to something I've said a few times, I think that they're saving a lot of that that stuff for when Cooper's back in the town, and then that's when we're going to get a lot more of the old characters on a more regular basis. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll be so obtuse the whole way through, but it feels like that's probably where it's heading. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Um, you know, if Cooper's going to defeat the evil doppelganger, defeat Bob and send him back to hell, as it were. Yeah. So... No. Any final thoughts before I, I say my goodbyes? Uh, I will just say it definitely feels like those first two were not an anomalous fluke in terms of how long we're going to talk about these. Because there's always a danger where, you know, it's a first episode, we go a bit longer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, to be fair, we went two hours. It was like an even 60 minutes per hour. So we're actually slightly shorter because we're... <laughs> we're, we're what, 55? Yeah, 55. So that's a bit of an improvement. <laughs> sure, but I, I think we, we're learning. We can typically expect around an hour for every episode. And hopefully that's enjoyable. Hopefully you don't feel like we're padding this out or it's too much. I feel like we're... I don't feel like we're tangent, certainly. It feels fairly on point. Yeah, I feel obligated to just do it for everything and go through everything in detail because... It all might be relevant. We don't know what. Yeah, we don't know what's going to be important, what's not. And I feel like there's so much symbolism, there's so much like callbacks to things and names popping up that, and these numbers that are appearing that we just have to 
dissect it. So there we go. That's episode three. Episode four will be tomorrow, sometime tomorrow night. So look forward to that. Uh, and I'm kind of glad we left it till now because it means I only have to wait a week for episode five rather than having to wait two full weeks, which would have been a nightmare. Yeah, it's worse, isn't it? So thank you very much for watching. Let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV and see some of the cool bonuses over there if you want to support us. Uh, but otherwise, guys, thank you very much for watching. Once again, <laughs> have we got any vanilla? Thank you.